the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Partners in the Gospel. I'm your host, Chaim Goldman, The Watchman. On Partners in the Gospel, we talk with ministry leaders, pastors, other local community members, as well as national influencers who are making a kingdom impact. And we are here on 100.7 FM, The Word, and also on podcast at thewordfm1007.com. Now, on today's program, I have a good friend of mine, former Congressman Bill Redman from New Mexico. And Bill is here in the Colorado Springs area. He actually used to live here working for Focus on the Family, training candidates in 11 different states. But once a year, he comes back to Karis Bible College up in Woodland Park in order to teach their third-year students in the practical government school about how to run for office. And so I wanted to bring Bill on, not so much to talk about running for office, although we will get into that at the end of the program. But as this is Partners in the Gospel, is to talk about Bill and his background and and how he got to where he is. Because what are you now, Bill? You're 29 years old? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm coming up on 30. <laughs> okay. Bill, Bill's been around. He's an elder here and he's been, he's a pastor and he was a U.S. congressman and so many other things and an instructor. So, uh, Bill Redman, welcome to Partners in the Gospel. Well, thank you, Jaime. I appreciate being here. This is awesome. It's great to have you here. And I've known Bill for about four years now when I met him up at Karis Bible College. And I met as a producer, as a video and audio producer, I watched, I sat in on a couple of his courses and I came up afterwards. I said, Bill, do you have this on video? He said, no, not really. I said, we got to do that immediately. And so we, heading up to the 2020 election, put together a course called How to Run for Office as a Christian Conservative. We'll talk about that way at the end of the program. But that's our relationship. It's now been four years going through this and helping people to run for office who have a heart to run for office. But I'll give you a little little more bio on Bill. Again, as I said, he's a former U.S. congressman from New Mexico, represented Focus on the Family's Citizen Link, now Family Policy Alliance, training candidates in 11 states. And since 2017, he's been teaching up at Karis, and that's why he's here in the Springs now. So, Bill, in this, what I like about Partners in the Gospel is we can sort of, in a relaxed way, get to meet our guests. It's just really a meet and greet of getting to know you. I love you, and I love that you're here, but I've never, I don't think, heard like your real testimony of getting saved. So let's start with that. Okay. Well, going all the way back to growing up, was born into a Catholic family on the south side of Chicago. We had uh, seven children. I'm number six. And of course, you have a large family, so you can uh, relate to the kind I'm of I'm six of six myself. Six, six. Oh, you're number six, yeah, too. Yeah. Oh, see, we've known each other for <laughs> almost five years and didn't know we're both sixes. <laughs> we just don't want, to, we don't want to bring a third six into this relationship. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. We rebuked that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But no, I uh, grew up Roman Catholic, very pious family, and I went to a Catholic school, uh, altar boy. Started learning Latin in fourth grade and fifth grade, uh, became an altar boy, and that was back in the days when uh, Mass was still in Latin. And even though, you know, I went to a Catholic school, was very religiously involved with the church and everything, 
It wasn't until I went off to university, Murray State University, Western Kentucky, that I, I bumped into a group of people that they weren't clergy or they didn't belong to a religious order, and they were like reading the Bible and talking about what Jesus was saying in the Gospel of John and how they needed to implement that in their life. And that had never really come through in my early spiritual formation. And so I began in Bible study, continued on, and came to the point that even though I was christened when I was two weeks old, somebody else did that for me and to me. I did not make a personal decision for for Jesus. And I thought, okay, with what I know now, I need to make a personal decision that uh, Jesus is my creator, my sustainer, He's my redeemer. Uh, He's going to come back in glory uh, to judge the living and the dead. And I need to be his disciple. And so uh, I was baptized into Christ uh, as a part of the the Murray Christian Fellowship in uh, Murray, Kentucky, and continued on in Bible study and then started studying uh, Josh McDowell's book, Evidence That Demands a Verdict. And, And all of a sudden there were reasons for being a Christian. And it began to occur to me that being a Christian wasn't just what you do when you go to church. (laughs) And if if it's just what you do when you go to church, and then you'd be morally good, but but understanding that Jesus is Lord over the entirety of one's life. So after uh, being introduced to apologetics, ended up at Lincoln Christian College and Seminary in Lincoln, Illinois, I got my undergraduate degree in preaching. My graduate degree is in theology and philosophy. Then moved to uh, Los Alamos, New Mexico, and worked with uh, Christians who do science at the laboratory and began to teach biblical worldview to the scientists that had a commitment to Christ. And in the midst of all this, I, I took time off and did military service through the Individual Readiness Reserve and the Chaplain Candidate Program for the U.S. Army served a number of summers with the Army for a short period of time, served with the Franklin Christian Church, Franklin, Illinois, then started the Santa Fe Christian Church, and currently right now I'm interim minister and an elder at the Los Alamos Church of Christ. It's it's hard to believe I'm coming up on my 50th anniversary of making a decision for Jesus. Especially and, considering you're 30. Uh, it can, yeah, that's, that's right. That's can, yeah, yeah. Almost, no, I said I was almost 30. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, coming up on a 50-year reflection point here that Jesus has meant everything and completely changed the direction and gave direction to my life and gave purpose in a way that I previously didn't have. So tell us about your work in China with the persecuted church. Okay, so one of, one of the votes that I had to take while I was in uh, office as congressman was uh, China Most Favored Nation status. And that was a very difficult vote because there were people that I deeply, deeply respect, uh, both sides of the issue. Dr. Dobson, God bless him, he was opposed to China Most Favored Nation status. Franklin Graham and Billy Graham, they, they supported China Most Favored And when there's evangelical giants that you respect and admire and they're on different sides of an issue, how do you figure that out? And when it came time to vote, I had made the decision that I had to accept responsibility for my vote. And since I had not engaged the Chinese church, I hadn't engaged Chinese government, but I needed to do that personally before I could cast a no vote blocking the possibility of me ever ministering to China 
And so I did. I voted for China Most Favored Nation status at the time. And uh, after that, I began to work with the underground church. And I've been doing biblical worldview training for with Chinese pastors and for Chinese pastors. And at one point, we had about 3,000 pastors in our uh, our seminary network, uh, leadership preparation network. The The part that I do most is the, the biblical worldview. And as the American church loses a biblical worldview, it's, it weakens the church and it weakens American society. And I told the Chinese leaders, I said, that if all you do is follow the heirs of the American church, the crisis that we're facing now, you will eventually face. And work with Chuck Colson with that, because Chuck was with Richard Nixon when China was open. Chuck and I worked together with the Chinese pastors and still still doing that. We're still reaching out underground, strengthening and enriching the Chinese pastors and families for family issues, marriage issues, worldview issues, ministerial preparation issues. We're still doing that work. So when Bill talks about Marxism and communism and how that affects Christianity, he really, really knows what he's talking about. So bringing it, unfortunately, close to home, Mm -hmm. what are you seeing now? What have you been seeing over the past decade and especially over the past couple years since COVID and now as we're in 2024, what are you seeing as the threat and why are Americans, why are we buying this and why are we not fighting against it, especially as Christians? Right, right. So it's important for us to understand that when we use the term communism or socialism, it's important for us to understand that that those government forms and economic forms and social structure forms are really a manifestation of an idolatrous worldview. Okay, the, yes, they are problematic, but we have to get to the root of it. And the course that I teach on how to run for office as a Christian conservative, we talk about that the number one competitor to the Judeo-Christian worldview that God exists, God created the universe, and and God you know God is redeeming the universe through Christ. That the opposite worldview is that God does not exist. And so communism is a manifestation of that idolatry that God does not exist. And so when you begin to trace the teachings of Marx and how those teachings have moved into every aspect of American life, very few people will really understand and remember that the feminist movement of the 50s and 60s, yes, women did need to be paid the same as men if they did the same job. Nobody's going to argue with that. But what we didn't know is that behind the feminist movement, were leaders that were fully committed to the worldview that God does not exist. And and utilizing the feminist movement and identifying women as an oppressed group, they're using classical Marxism to raise up an oppressed group against the, the entirety of a society. That's what they did with the feminist movement, the LGBTQ movement. Look at the bowels of, of where the LGBTQ movement uh, started with its formation in lesbianism and with homosexuality, that all of that, those roots go back to that same worldview that God does not exist. And very simply, recently during COVID, Black Lives Matter, when you have the leaders, you have to hand it to the leaders of Black Lives Matter. (laughs) They were honest. They said, we are trained Marxists and we are here to make, you know, America a Marxist communist country. And I mean, they were honest about it. But what's happened is that for more than three quarters of a century, it was already being done underground. My father graduated from Tilden Technical School in Chicago 
on the uh, on the uh, south side of Chicago, and I asked him one day, I said, Dad, what was it like when you were in high school? And he said, well, all the teachers were communists. I'm driving down Lakeshore Drive. I almost wrecked the van. <laughs> I thought in the 1930s, the communists were on the south side of Chicago in the public education system, and he began to tell me that they were forcing all the students to join the Communist Party to carry the communist card, and, and they were working with the students, the pipeline of those who would be the factory workers and the oppressed. They were that deep into Chicago politics that early as early as nine, 90, 90 years 90 ago. Year, 90 years and ago. And amazing, it took us 80 to 90 years to even to, find out that it was going on. Yes. Well, you're listening to Partners in the Gospel. I'm Chaim Goldman, the Watchman, and our guest for the entire show is former Congressman Bill Redman from New Mexico. And we're getting to know Bill. As we get into our next section, after a quick break, we're going to be talking to Bill about the problems that we're having, but how we can confront them, how we can come against this, and how, if you'd consider it, you can run for office and be successful and change the political and the whole cultural atmosphere in your community. I'm Chaim Goldman. You're listening to Partners in the Gospel on 100.7 FM, The Word, and we'll be right back. Hi, my name is Scott Bottoms, and I am a pastor of Church at Briargate and also a state representative, and I'm excited about The Peak. This is a great radio program talking about local community information, talking to community leadership, asking tough questions and a Christian perspective on local politics and what's happening all over the region. So listen Monday through Thursday to The Peak, AM 1460, FM 101.1, The Answer. My fellow Americans, would you run for elected office if you knew how? How to Run for Office as a Christian Conservative is a comprehensive online campaign training with a biblical worldview for candidates, consultants, and concerned citizens. Instructed by former U.S. Congressman Bill Redman, this professional course shows you step-by-step how to run a successful political race for the glory of God. For complete info and immediate access, go to runforoffice.training. That's runforoffice.training. Winning back America, one candidate at a time. Welcome back to Partners in the Gospel. I'm Chaim Goldman, the Watchman. So happy to have you joining us here today as we are getting to know former Congressman Bill Redmond from New Mexico. Bill's an old friend of mine, and uh, he comes back to the Colorado Springs area where he used to live to teach up at Karis Bible College, their third-year students in the Practical Government School, on how to run for office. So we were when we left at the end of the last segment, we were talking about Marxism coming into the country. And it's so important for us to understand this, because as he said, it's been here a really long time and we didn't know about it. So our ignorance about it, they're so far ahead of what we're doing. But Bill, talk about the march through the institutions that they told us they were going to do. We just as Americans didn't think it was possible to do it. Well, what happened is that, you know, the church went to sleep at the wheel. The Apostle Paul in his letter to the Colossian church in chapter 2, verse 8, he says, See to it that you are not taken captive by the empty and deceitful philosophies of men. They have vain deceit, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and what happened is that people are busy being pious, but they're not watching as to whether they're being taken captive. And and so what's happened is that vast segments of the church, both Catholic and Protestant and evangelical, have co-opted themselves not understanding that what they're doing is that they're buying into a Marxist materialistic worldview. As Francis Schaeffer used to say, he said, there's really only two views. 
God exists or God does not exist. <laughs> These Schaefer are the ul- made things simple. He made it real simple. Ultimate reality is personal, okay, or ultimate reality is impersonal. Time, chance, matter, energy, okay? And you cannot have a time, chance, chaotic view of the universe and arrive at life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. However, if ultimate reality is personal and not impersonal, and that personal God creates the universe, he creates something in the universe made in his image and likeness that has intrinsic value, and God orders life for that creature of his, that life then has intrinsic meaning that is given by God to every single human being. And that's what the Founding Fathers say in the the Declaration of Independence. The most important word in the Declaration of Independence is not life, it's not liberty, and it's not the pursuit of happiness. The most important word in the Declaration of Independence is the word creator. If you pull the word creator out of the Declaration of Independence, it means nothing because there's no basis for the dignity of the human being. Well, the Marxist worldview, we we treat it as if it's like a political system or an economic system, and what we don't understand is this is their faith system that they live by. They, They are fully persuaded that God does not exist, and because God does not exist, then the government is the highest authority in the life of the human being, and the government will use its power to bring every human being under its influence. And so the number one problem with communism is not that they're going to take away your stuff or the right to private property or your guns, maybe even your life. The main problem with, with communism is that it's idolatry. It separates you from God. If you embrace it, it, it separates you from God. Right, which goes against reality itself. Which goes against, and see. And, and, and so the, trying to order a, a, a society based on a complete lie. That's correct. Where are you going to end up? That, well, that, we've that, seen it over and over, especially in the 20th century. It's a bloodbath. That's correct. And I, I was reading uh, Theology of Hope last night, and I didn't realize that as early as the 1960s, transgenderism was already written into the protocols to where they were going to go. So, And they have to, and we know that within satanic forces they have to announce it because they create their own god so they have to tell us what they're doing so we didn't believe this it came not only into government especially the educational system but it came into the seminaries and they went into the seminaries and then they went into business and this is why we're seeing all these woke businesses that even if they're you know go woke go broke they don't care because it's a religion Mm-hmm. Not a business model, not a societal model. It's, it really is a, it's a religion. So what do we do <laughs> as American <laughs> citizens as we see our rights slipping away, as we see us going into a godless place in America, which we didn't think was really possible, but it's been going on longer than we thought. Wh- what do we as American citizens, what do we as believers do to push back against this and to win? There, there, there needs to be a rebirth of the truth that was enunciated in the Declaration of Independence. That, that, that God exists, and everything is contingent and dependent upon God, and all governments across the world and governmental leaders will stand before God and give an account. And until Christians understand the seriousness that what they're seeing is not only temporal but has eternal consequences, they're not motivated. They're not motivated. And there has to be a reconsideration of that passage in Colossians, and each individual needs to examine themselves to say, hey— have I been taken captive 
by the empty and deceitful philosophies. You know, it might show it might show up in a son or it might show up in a daughter or niece or nephew that comes and they knock on your door and they say, you know, I'm, I'm coming out of the closet. I'm, I'm revealing myself to you. Well, what's happening is that, that the problem is not what is right in front of you and what they say they're doing. The problem is that they've been taken captive, and this is the manifestation of idolatry and the rejection of God in our life. And so now, with the force of the government, they want everybody to bow the knee, this time not to uh, Baal, you know, as they did in the Old Testament, okay? Well, it is. But, it's, still, it's still Baal with a veneer on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, because <laughs> because it's, it's all about the materialism. It's all about the stuff. It's about the stuff. And so what happens is that if you want a government job, you got to do this. You got to go to the training. You got to use the vocabulary. And, and it's like, no, I won't use the vocabulary. You know, we have, there used to be a hymn out, it was called Dare to be a Daniel. Maybe we need to, you know, resurrect that mm-hmm. hymn. We, we, we need to stand up, speak the truth, speak it in love, and put forth the proposal of truth that is winsome so that it can be embraced. And, and you see that even with what President Biden is doing with this uh, forgiveness of the loans, even of the student loans, even though the Supreme Court said that he can't do it, that it's something he can't do. Just, I believe it was yesterday, announced another 72,000 people. And who are the people who qualify? Government workers who serve for 10 years or more doing different government jobs. So it's like he's creating his own government with favors to the people to welcome them in, will forgive your loans, but now you're in the system of the government. And at that point, anybody who knows who's worked for government or really any organization at this point, the challenge to be a believer and hold on to a biblical worldview is is very hard. It's a Praetorian guard. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So as we're finishing up the program, you decided, even though you were a, a pastor, to go into politics. So, right, right. So, no, there, there's two things you can't talk about. It's politics <laughs> and religion. I, I, I embarrass that people everywhere I go. Right, because so you I embody that. I, I embody church and state. The, the, uh, the church and state, and, and there's no place that I go that I don't talk about both because they're very much intertwined. And you can't, you can't if, you, if you're talking about religion and you're leaving politics out, politics is the discussion of how we're going to order our common lives. Why would we not want to be at the table to have that discussion? So you were a U.S. congressman in 97 through 99 representing New Mexico. For those who are considering how can I help and thinking about running for office, but it's so scary out there, what is your encouragement for believers who are thinking, should I run for school board or all the way up to you know Congress, U.S. Congress? How do you counsel them at the, in these times? Here? Right, right, right. Well, well for, first of all, they, they, they need to be on their knees a lot, uh, praying, uh, talking with their spouse. Uh, I would encourage them to at least go to the website and take a look at the training that we have because Jesus said, count the cost. If you think that you should be running for office, you need to count the cost before you throw your hat in the ring. And so if uh, somebody is thinking about running for office— Take a look at what it takes, and we outline all that at the website. Right. So what Bill's referring to is we got together when I met him, and I, I, as I said, up at Karis Bible College, we got together, we put a course together back before the 2020 <clears throat> election, but now it's so important that we have this ready. You can find out more about it at runforoffice.training, www.runforoffice.training. Yes, it's a dot training, and get all the information on there. About and we're not going to go into the course here. You can go on the website, but Christian is right in front of you, going, "Bill, I'm, I feel like I should run, but I don't know how, or I'm scared to." You know, what are, what are the deciding factors? The last minute we have 
for someone to decide to, to take that leap. Sure. I want to use the uh, the story of Paul being let out of the city of Damascus. He's in a basket, and they're on the ropes, and they're letting him out. Okay, And when they let him out, he ends up opening up the door to Europe and all over for the gospel. Okay, What I tell Christians is, you better be in the basket or be on the ropes. And, you know, you need to be the candidate in the basket that takes the lead and you gather around you men and women that are going to support you to accomplish a goal. Or you get on the ropes and you find other Christians that are running for office and do everything that you can to assist them so that they can begin to be elected to positions that can begin to turn this around. But the battle is not only political, it's, it's also the changing of the culture, because politics is downstream from culture. And if all we do is win elections, but we don't change the culture, we will eventually lose it. Former Congressman Bill Redman, thank you so much for being on Partners in the Gospel today. You're very welcome. It's been a pleasure. And I invite you to go to runforoffice.training now, learn more about Bill and learn about the course and consider running for office or support those who are, who have the most biblical worldview. Unfortunately, politics seems to be the lesser of two evils. We can't get away from that, but you can find the ones who are most biblically aligned as we start to shift the culture. Um, Hi, I'm Goldman, The Watchman. You've been listening to Partners in the Gospel on 100.7 FM, The Word. Catch all our episodes and podcasts on the website, thewordfm1007.com. Now get out there and run for office in your region for such a time as this. Shalom. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.